This is Story Arcs. Welcome. I'm your host, Trevor Sutton, and this is my guest. Hello, Sarah Sutton. We uh, left off with Landscape, the uh, protagonist, Addison. She has uh, been dropped on a mountain. She has been guided by a raven. We have learned that her friends are Emily and Piper. Her boyfriend's name is Matthew. Her tutor's name is Ethan. And the school, though seeming nefarious, we don't know. It's just a thing that kind of picks up these special people and then either directs them to join them or be captured or destroyed, depending on uh, how dangerous the situation is and the person is and their abilities. And that uh, she's possibly an artist part-timing or full-timing as a makeup artist she's minoring in uh, movie magic makeup artists and just i'm just trying to think of ways to kind of like give her a real world set of skills and and uh, kind of bring her along as a character and i think that's it i read the the little piece you gave me about the characters and what's going on with them and i was curious if we could kind of talk about a couple of her friends and just the scenarios that they're in because I like that they're all at this university together, and then there's this um, relationship relationship she's building with these friends and these people who are surrounding her, and each one has their own kind of motive, which is very interesting to me. Yeah, uh, the it's interesting. So we've got an artist who's doing a lot of traditional art at this college. That's what you said? You know, I, I again, none of this has been established. I did base this character off of one of my real-life friends. And uh, that being said, uh, um, just artists came into mind. She could be anything. I mean, she could be a sculptor or a traditional artist. The uh, Our guest, Ruby, last time discussed that uh, a lot of college students have outside jobs to help pay for things. Um, and in that sense, we went towards a, a makeup artist because later on, if she's having some issues where she needs to run away or get disguised, um, she can use her uh, magic, uh, movie magic uh, makeup artistry or her regular, you know, just kind of... Uh, make herself look different. She's blonde, five four, so she's short. Um, so she can dye her hair easily. Um, what else? Uh, she is not extremely athletic. She's not like, oh, I'm gonna go work out all day and then I can I can do kung fu. No, she's an aspiring artist. That's what she's into. She might have a fitness routine she keeps herself up with, but other than that, she's just a a normal college student. All right, all right. Um. If she's doing the, if her ability is focused on this kind of landscape ability where she's yes. doing these these full on landscapes and drawings, that is that is much more of a traditional art kind of thing because yeah. it takes a lot to draw accurately a good looking landscape that people can look at and be like, I know where that is. Right. So I like I like the makeup artist thing on the side. It gives a little bit of uh, variation. But as far as the uh, the landscaping goes with her ability, it would make a lot of sense if she was in these advanced art classes because they are so frustrating because you have to do the same thing over and over and over. And the teacher always tells you it's never good enough. So that would be that would be, make a lot of sense to me to right. have her in that traditional kind of setup university wise. I wanted to talk a little bit about because so you you sent me over some information about her her two friends in the scenario. One is the roommate. What's her name again? Piper. Piper. She's the so, quiet, mousy, kind of like speaks up at the, you know, tries to speak up at the right moment, but kind of gets shut down or kind of, you know, secedes back into herself personality-wise. Okay, okay. Right. And and what you had sent me was that she was possibly a, uh, a I think it was either a podiatrist or a doctor. A children's doctor. A, a pediatric. Okay. So I, 
I, well, I like the idea. The issue you're going to find is in a university, there's typically um, there's campuses within the university that people are divided up by. You'll have the engineers and the architects and the construction majors all in one section of the campus. You'll have the humanities on the other side, which includes psychology and art and digital art and languages. Right. And then like business is in its own campus. So dormitory-wise, um, you you would never have an artist with a doctor because oh, okay. doctors go to their entire own medical school. And it would be it would be a red flag, I think, for the character to be like, I'm in a dorm on the art side of campus with a doctor. Yeah. Like, what is going on here? So you, the, you uh, might the, what we were looking that. at was, uh, and again, that's why uh, that's why I'm trying to get different guests on here to have different points of views and all that, so that I can find these little niches like you have just said. Because I, you know, uh, my my uh, my dorm room experience is not that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the. Uh, what we're looking for is something to make her look innocent um, and mm. be at the school for a long period of time. She was there before Addison got there. So Addison yeah. and Emily oh. have been there for maybe two or three years. Um, yeah. and she's working on like towards the end of her thing here. It's getting really stressful, in other words, at, at, this, right. at, this, at this point in her college. But as far as Piper goes, you know, her, her story, her background is that she's been here for a while. So what would you suggest? Where would you go with that? Because if we can't have a doctor in the thing, which is, you know, again, you've got to be there for 12 years. That would give her a good reason to be there for such a long time. What, what in the, the arts majors will be going that direction? Oh, man. You know what? It's not even a major. You could just have someone who's extremely indecisive. I oh, like, that even I, works? That works yeah, I mean, for her. Piper is trying to kind of keep an eye on this main character, and she's really trying to watch her every move. It would make a lot of sense to put her in the same field, so they have a lot of the same classes, and they have to follow the same curriculum. But the thing could be is that she started out as a digital artist, and then she went to illustration, and now she's in traditional art. And she's just like, yeah, and I've just been doing all these things, either because she wants to be an overachiever, or she's indecisive, or whatever other reason. But in order to keep an eye on the character... Um, an adjacent field would make a lot of sense to me. Well, that, okay, now that sounds perfect. The uh, the issue I was having was having I can't have her in the same class. She's got to be something that's uh-huh. just kind of like on the edge. It's just like tailing a person and, and being a cop. You don't want to be right on them because that'll alert them to your presence. She can't okay. be everywhere, and that way it'll it'll make her it'll make her a main character, but it'll make it so she doesn't look nefarious in in any way whatsoever. And that's what we want. Because later on, what I'm thinking we're going to have is she's going to be – and this is way later on in the storyline. Like for a while, she's going to be the good guy. She's going to help just like Emily is, and they're going to run along and do their thing and have their adventures. But in one of them, um, she's going to show her true colors and then – because I want the audience to be absolutely in love with Piper. That's that's okay. what I really want. Never suspect okay. her. Never deal with it. And then and then she she turns on her, and she turns out to be you know something nefarious. Ah, okay. So the the image that I always really enjoy. So we've got our main character who's a traditional artist, meaning she works in 2D, just, you know, paper, flat images, stuff like that. So you can still have her in the arts field, either doing sculpture or there's there's another field in art that takes kind of a long time to take classes for, especially if you like it and it's glass blowing which is so cool because if you have this small mousy character who's working in the super hot 2000 degree furnace of molten glass and she's really good at it for some reason, even though she's tiny and it takes a lot of strength and there could be like a fight with molten glass in the, in the uh, glass blowing room at the end or something like that. Well, again, 
these humans are, are making contacts with this magic, this great mother that's roundabout. Mm-hmm. So they're coming out with special abilities because they're not contacting it in the normal way. They're not able to just manipulate it like magic. It's, it's coming out mm-hmm. in these abilities. Now, there's a group at this school, kind of a, a shadow government, if you will, that is – and I'm not saying it's bad or good. It's neutral at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It's drawing these students into this school – uh, anybody they think that may have this power because they have somebody that detects um, their strength or their ability to contact this magic. Okay, So they're mm-hmm. drawing those kinds of students in, and they're going to have this elite group. And so far what I'm thinking is a detainment, a detection, and destruction. So you're going to have oh. one guy on the team that, that can sense where these people are. You're going to have one guy on the team that can stop them somehow or hold them or mind huh. whatever control. And you're going to have one person that's extremely dangerous that can kill them if, it needs, if they need to be taken out. And again, this, this group may just be, have, their, have humanity in their best interest. You know? And they may be manipulated in a way that they're, you know, they're the bad guys at this point or, or from her right. viewpoint. You know? um, right. So in that vein with what you just said, Piper could have you – know, Later on, uh, an ability that has to do with her bl- with her glass blowing. She can control molten glass, or or right. just glass itself, or she's super. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even just the shaping of inanimate objects, and like it yeah. just works really well with glass, and she can disguise it because it's molten, and you can move it, and it's not suspicious suspicious for it to be molded in a certain way. When in reality, she can just take things and shape them into weapons or whatever. Yeah, can you and- imagine someone who's like Magneto but controls glass instead? I mean, that. Well, you just sand. <laughs> All you need is sand or just a window nearby yeah, or anything. Silicone. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then you're, and then of course, that's just terrifying because tiny little sharp shards. Oh, or just Oof. particles of sand able to control sand. Oh, I mean, man. Moving, that, moving. that going, oh, man. Oh, you're right. That would be absolutely disgusting. And, and the Piper. agonizing. <laughs> yeah. That could be fun. I like that. You know, I just, I think I just really like the, the image of this very small, mousy looking girl just in this. I mean, think of a blacksmith, right? It's sweaty, it's hot, it's heavy. Things constantly need to be moving, and yeah. she's just in there freaking dominating it and just <laughs> making these beautiful pieces that are really difficult because the glass is heavy, and it's it's hard to manipulate, and it's hard to control, and she looks so demure, but she's in there just, you know. Yeah, when in reality, she's actually, I mean, it looks like she's manipulating yeah. and moving it, but in reality, she's, you know, she's controlling it with her whatever ability that she has. Exactly. That's exactly. awesome. Awesome. <laughs> well, I really like I like that image a lot for sure. That would be fun. And that would make a <laughs> horrible bad guy later on. Oh yeah. <laughs> you imagine you're just standing next to a window and all of a sudden it like spikes out and like spears you so you can't move. Or first Ooh. it talks to you in her face. Like oh, it molds Ooh, out and says, Hey, terrifying. are you gonna join us oh, or not? Are you gonna do whatever? No? Yeah. Okay then. Yeah, because I mean, between mirror and glass and and windows, anything that computer has any sort of components. Oh, exactly. I mean, Just you that... wouldn't be safe anywhere. She could carry a pocket full of sand with her, and always have a weapon at some point. Or hell, yeah. her shirt could always be sandy. Oh, it's just always there. I'm, I live by the beach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, she's she's small and mousy. She or she has a little bit of an issue with hygiene. Always looks like she's rolling in the dirt or something. Or sand. The... Yeah. <laughs> In reality, it's just her that protective layer that she keeps on her at all times. Right, right. Very interesting. I like it. I like it. Okay, and then uh, this other character, uh, Emily, who's Emily. supposed to be so she is a genuine human friend, correct? Yes. So far, she's gonna be she's and gonna she... be quirky. Um, 
uh, and I don't think I don't think her major is going to be this uh, makeup artist or this uh, the magic the movie magic makeup artist either. But I think that's where her and Addison are going to meet. Yeah, and maybe she's just doing it for money. But while she goes through school, um, yeah. the psychology major is kind of neat. I like that idea because you will often see psychology and artist majors. Um, pretty close together on oh, campus. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah, and that's and it's a it's a basic requirement as you go through university. You have to take at least some entry courses, and a lot of times you'll see artists going into some higher up uh, courses because psychology is a heavy influence in art. So maybe she so, was on the movie Magic, or she was doing some other kind of art, and then she switched over to psychology because she enjoyed it more. But she can uh, relate yeah, with Addison because of that field. Yeah. I would love for her to be in these psychology classes and she starts to pick up on these little nuanced things psychology wise that Addie is going through but can't talk about or the people around her like her boyfriend. She sees her with her boyfriend and she can't help but notice that he's acting in particular ways that, you know, are uh, telltale signs of some kind of um, either lying or betrayal or hiding something or manipulating or yeah, whatever. Because that could put Emily in a, in a precarious situation for friendship-wise. Something's up with your boyfriend. You need to not, you know, we need to, he, I think he's cheating on you or something. And, and make it look like she's being, she's the, because that's what I really want it to look like is her, her, she's the plant. She's the one controlling. Oh, okay. So you want to set it up so, so that Emily looks like she is trying to, like, manipulate her. Yeah. When in reality, she's just seeing all this stuff going on. And reacting and- to it. Oh, I see. I, that would be fantastic. And she drives her towards Piper, and Piper's just the cool one that she occasionally sees. But it turns out that Piper's actually the plan, and Emily was really just trying to help her. Yeah, well, and all three hang out because um, Emily and her met through work, but they like having Piper around. So, I mean, they can they can all three either be friends or Piper and Emily can have a bit of a you know a, a thing going on, like oh, I don't like you that much. Or they can they can all three just be friends and not realize. You know, the worlds or the circles that they're traveling are are, are totally enveloping and, and, and right. not, you know, they're not yeah. realizing it. Right. And I mean, it's totally normal for friendships to have a central person. There are a lot of friendships to where two people really like one person, but they don't usually hang out with each other without that other person there. Yep. And that could really tie into it because that can cause conflict in that kind of yeah. friendship um, zone thing. There's yeah, there's a word I'm sure, but I'm, whatever. Anyway, so yeah, okay, so we're developing that whole friendship circle and kind of. So as as this as Addie Addison is going through college, these people have started to kind of collect uh, around her to create this both support base and uh, manipulation circle, I guess, right? Right, and that could be also, um, like I said, we're tying this in so her. Her familiar, the Raven, has yeah. kind of made it so that she's more in touch with this magic. And that could also be something that's like a personality driver. It, it pulls people toward her, whether they realize it or not. Right. So I'm having um, I'm having an image. So I'm going to lay out a scene for you, and I want to see what you think. Cool. So say as she's grown up and with her family and stuff, there's just always been a Raven or Ravens around her house. And she's always just liked them a lot, but hasn't really, like interacted with them a whole bunch maybe once or twice when she was a little growing up like one would land and kind of watch her or sit next to her eat out of her hand but nothing like crazy crazy right but when she has this moment of frustration and she rips the paper and gets dumped on the mountain goes through the whole sequence of events that are just crazy and she comes back 
she finally gets back to her dorm room and she's alone. And um, I'm going to reference some heavy, like, labyrinth here. You know the scene where she's in the room and all of a sudden lightning and stormy happens and the owl's just, like, tapping on the window and everything's going crazy? Yeah. I, I kind of want a scene like that where the raven appears and there's, like, light, but it's not a storm because how could it be? And she's just like, what the hell is going on right now? And the raven just disappears, but she's just like, boy, my life is falling apart. I have no idea what's going on. I'm going to go to sleep. Because I feel like that's the most relatable college experience is all this crazy stuff happens to you. And then you go, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep because I can't deal with this right now. It's 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 very strange talking with people about this stuff because you guys uh, – my last guest, Ruby, you and her are both on this this level, this level of thinking about – events and how they transpire and how things connect together. So her idea was that when uh, Addison gets to the cabin after being dumped on the snowy mountaintop, she gets inside there, she kind of takes care of her wound, but she can't find a pencil and paper, she's freaking out, and the familiar comes out of the, the back end of the house and flies out the window that Addison just came through and knocks down a pencil and paper to kind of guide her in the direction she needs to go to get back home as Interesting. In, as in every time she's in a distressed dangerous situation this raven and it doesn't happen very often so she hasn't put it together but the, a raven comes through and something either happens it taps on the glass and shows her which way to go or whatever like it and so in this situation she is uber distressed the raven pops out of nowhere and accidentally knocks down the pencil and paper and okay okay so can i expand upon that because i really like that idea but i want to i want to make it appropriate for where so she's in this cabin right and so what do what do cabins in little nowhere always have because they don't have freaking artist materials but they do have maps they do have maps that are blank on the back and they typically have some form of either charcoal or chalk or something else that's uh or there's burnt just, wood in the fireplace exactly exactly and i feel like you know uh, that could come you know they could fly out and knock that map off the wall and she sees that it not only is it a map but it curls up and the back is blank and she sees next to it is the fireplace with some burnt chalked out wood kind of stuff yes. to make it a little more appropriate cuz you know i that well, i would love for paper and pencil to fall out of every room I've ever been in that doesn't ever happen so I like that I actually like that a little bit better than my thing and that's what I'm saying because and and that's what's making this this whole podcast and this experience for me super interesting the way everybody's thinking it's very it's it's interlocking I don't know it's it's really cool and as you listen to the other ones can come back and listen to the the one you've done and listen to it in uh, in uh, in order you're going to see some really neat things I super like the idea of of the map and everything coming out. I think that's I think that's genuinely perfect. And not only that, let's see. We oh, what was I gonna say? I talked myself out of what I was thinking about. That was a good job, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, so this situation and not being able to find you know the good stuff she needs to write right. will prompt her and again this comes from my other guest will prompt her to, to create a go bag for her when she when she does oh, or always keep cool. a pencil and notepad on her you right, know maybe something small right. oh gosh so there are these um to, to reference real life things that i want always there is this leather it's like a leather belt 
Um, but it has a pouch on the side and it is so cool looking. So it's, it's not a belt that goes through your pants, right? It's thicker than that. It just wraps around your waist and there's a small pouch and typically you can keep your phone and your wallet and your stuff in there. So you don't have a big old bulky purse and you don't have to put it in your pocket. So she can have, and it's essentially a really pretty handy man bag for ladies, but it looks so cool because it's like something a, a lady pirate would wear and she could literally have a stash of different pens and pencils and then just some small pieces of paper yeah because she might realize she needs to write underwater at a certain time and tear right right and there are you can have some like waterproof elements in there i mean pencils are essentially waterproof no matter what you do right. but you know um just having a variety of small tools in the bag they're so neat i'll send you a couple of links to show you what they look like but Maybe she could invest in one of those and essentially have it on her at all times. Well, and it and, looks normal. Yeah, and that's um, that's that that is excellent and perfect, especially if you want to travel light. And carrying a backpack at that point yeah. is going to be a real issue because you need to either be less conspicuous or whatever. Right. And in this case, uh, one of the things I want to add later on is uh, possibly her father was in the military and mm. and when she was younger gave her his military backpack it's because they are durable waterproof and everything else proof oh, and she brings that and it's like her lucky charm because her dad was saved because of it and now it's kind of because of the crow or the raven you know right. it's it, just stuff like that i want to have little little neat storylines and easter eggs that kind of okay. pop through yeah uh, Maybe when she's planning a larger trip for a place that's yes. further away, she can she can have that bag with her. But, but for the most part, all she ever keeps is that leather well, belt So in an emergency. Emer- yes. Yes. So that would be – yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So the question is, is, is as she does these drawings and she can transport, um, can she take people with her? Okay. So – and this is, again, in the first few books – Things are going to be highly unpredictable, erratic, and uncontrolled because it's a new thing to her. Later on, as she develops these powers, she'll be put in situations where she needs to act in a different way, such as bringing someone with her. Um, And then she'll develop her powers in that direction. So, yes, she'll be able to – later on, she's going to – things are going to happen, and she'll be able to develop uh, her her ability to go in those directions. Things – I mean, we can – and we can expand on that because as she's getting stronger in her ability, her connection to the magic will allow her to do more than just teleport. But I don't Interesting. Okay. But yeah. I mean, it all has a central focus, right? Like, so her, yes. her abilities are all going to be based around this central idea, which she'll figure out over time, but come through at first as the, the drawings, which yes. is just a, almost like because it really reminds me of all these stories of magic. You know, they use a wand or they use a certain spell or a chant a or whatever to focus the magic. And eventually you learn that you just need to either visualize or understand a certain thing in order to activate it, I guess. Or, or, so or that... use it several times. Again, it's just like right. any other any other skill. Using it in, in your body um, – because when you do uh, uh, exercise and stuff, you, there's two types of strength. There's your muscle strength and your neurological strength. The way your mm-hmm. body does something, it will eventually get better over time and build neural pathways to get stronger. Right. Right. And the same way with this magic. The more you use it, the more in tune you become, the the better you become at controlling it. Interesting. Okay, I've got I've got two follow up questions in order to really nail down this ability. First of all, is there a physical toll whenever she uses this ability? Like, can she just go bam, 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 and transport and transport like for for forever, and it never exhausts her? Or is there an exhausting effect so that we can limit? The ability, at least initially, and she can get stronger over time. Well, again, the uh, the drawing itself is going to be a very a very limiting effect. I mean, you can't. I mean, she can't teleport without drawing. Um, and as far as 
exhausting her. Yeah, I mean, it can definitely take a toll on her. She's she her body's not used to this. I mean, traveling the first time. I mean, right. it may it may absolutely exhaust her cells right. and everything else, her makeup. I mean, that's an excellent. Uh, go to. Um, and then as far as taking stuff with her, because this is a constant question. Yes, if she's holding something small, it's in her pocket, in her hand or clothing wise, it goes with her. I don't want to deal with uh, naked no. Addie popping in uh, different places. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that just that there's too many there's too many issues and questions that come with that. Let's just make it as simple as possible. If, it, yes. if she's wearing it on her body, it goes. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. So skin contact is a necessary thing. It, oh yeah, and well, I think okay. So a lot of this is going to be mental, which is going to which is going to broach the next subject of things that affect her ability. Um, right. It has to be something she is maybe not mentally aware of, but subconsciously aware of. I'm wearing clothes; they need to come with me. Yeah. Okay, I'm oh, holding okay. this so thing. She, it needs to oh, come with okay. me. She thinks it's her holding it, but really it's her subconscious tracking her, that she okay. has these things and they come with her. Yeah, okay, it's almost like a belief. It's like, I know yes. I have clothes on now, I know I'll have clothes on then. Like, I'm holding this person's hand, therefore they'll come with me. Yes, yes. It's, it's the more she believes in it. You know, um, I wanted to also ask the second question, which is the the level of detail these drawings uh, need to have. Because maybe, because um, I know eventually she won't have to do the drawings to, in order to transport, and it's more how much of the image she can focus in her mind. Yes. So the, the thing is, the, the questions that opens up is, can she only travel to places that she's been before and has a very clear image of? Or can she travel to places that she has seen in a photograph that are very detailed and she can replicate in her mind? And then, along with that, this is a multi-part question, say she's been to a place before, but okay. things have changed. Trees have been knocked down or buildings have been put up. Or whatever. Will the ability automatically, like, say she went to the mountainside uh, a while ago, but someone has literally built a building right where she remembers there being a clearing. When she transports there, is she going to accidentally transport into a wall? Or will the magic automatically autocorrect it to just outside the building? Okay, so we're going to answer the second question first. It's going to be real easy. The magic does has a sense of user friendliness, okay? okay. Um, it's not going to transport her, and she's not going to tra be transported into a space that's occupied by something else, so it'll put her outside of that area. Okay. okay. It's not going to intentionally try and kill her, although it can appear above. I mean, she can be above it, so she'll fall, yeah. but it's not going to do something where she's occupying another space. Okay, so it, it controls it. It makes sure that no harm comes to them, but it doesn't understand that five feet can also be a – you know, potentially dangerous. Well, keep in mind that this, the Great Mother, this where the, all this magic comes from, is is slightly sentient. It is, yeah. it is, it does have a sense of uh, an AI kind of. So it can Ooh, go. Please okay. tell me it has a sense of humor as well. Oh man, That's as much as we want. <laughs> well, technically, I am the one that controls it. So. Yeah, are are you the Great Mother? <laughs> In essence. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said. Things and back to your early question: Can she go to places she has or hasn't been? As far as that, um, in the beginning, it's going to be she can only because she's not going to be able to, to teleport unless she can focus on that. So in the beginning, she's not going to be able to go anywhere except where she's been. And if she tries to go somewhere where she hasn't, it's going to be highly erratic. Something's going to happen. She's going to go somewhere she didn't intend to go. Right. So. In fact, on the first night, or the second night, uh, she's going to go through her first day, realize she needs a go bag or this belt, and she's going to get everything prepared. And then she's going to go out with her friends that night, get drunk, and feel kind of comfortable, and then go, hey, guys, look what I can do. Oh, no. That's never a good start. Hold my beer. 
<laughs> exactly. So they're in, a, they're okay, in their so dorm. I, uh, okay, yeah. And I'll explain the situation. And again, all this is all this is all note taking. This is not. No, I love it. Yeah. I, because drunkenness makes you fuzzy. Your ability to focus rougher. And so instead of going to the place that you intended, it kind of changes it distorts it a little bit in your mind exactly so i like that i like that a lot so she learned from her previous things like uh, when she drew her bedroom to get back from the thing it was a top-down view of her bed okay when she appeared above her boyfriend because she was in a highly emotional state she was in that position of a top-down view of her bed and that's why she fell on her boyfriend oh she dropped down okay so the perspective of the drawing also yes. matters Okay. Very nice. I like it. I like it. And then her emotional state made her like have a, an image of her boyfriend. And since yes. the dormitories all look very similar, it took her instead to a dormitory where he was at because she was focused on that. I like, like it. Like maybe I the like last it. second, God, I wish he was here. And that yeah. boop, popped him over, yep. popped her over there. So in this instance, she's drunk with her friends. She's over at her desk. She's going to write it from the, she's going to draw from the perspective of the front of the room where the door is. And her intentions is to teleport to the front of the room, you know, teleport. 10 feet. Yeah. Okay, something small. Okay. Instead, she's drunk, she's erratic, and for whatever reason, she pictures her room 50 miles away at her parents' house and appears oh, no. at her parents' house 11 o'clock at night, drunk as a skunk, and having to get back. And wait, and her friends are with her or is she alone? No, she's alone. So now her oh, friends have been that? left there. She's in the, she's, and she's going to realize what happened. She's like, oh, Darn it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> gosh, biscuit. <laughs> And in her state, she's going to go, okay, I need to get back. I'll just draw – I'm going to – I'll just pour it there again. So she draws her picture again, thinks about the uh, the, the college, and poof. She poofs back, but she's three feet above the uh, college pool, splashes down. All right, going to try this one more time. Poof. She appears in the FFA barn and lands in a pile of poo and decides at that point, I think I'm just going to walk. Yeah, oh, I like it. I like that that nice little uh, sequence of events. That's that's entertaining. Well, here here's where the, it gets kind of cool. She's been gone for an hour or two now because she's been walking the FFA groups away from the thing, and she's been teleporting back and forth. So when she gets back to the room, the only person there is Piper. She says, "Well, Emily really left fast, and 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 not I'm gonna I'm gonna do it in such a way that it looks like well she was drunk, she wanted to get home, go to sleep, and she thought what just happened was just basically uh uh-uh. uh." I'm I'm yeah. out I'm out of here. Well, maybe they're just so drunk too that they were just like ha 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 pun party trick. Oh, I gotta go. Yeah, exactly. So she goes home, goes to sleep. But Piper insinuates that she left. I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a foreshadowing. Oh, she she left as soon as she saw it, but leaves out that she was drunk and everything else. So it casts. Yeah. It's just it's just something to look back on when people go. Oh, I think Emily's something bad. Yeah. Okay. Or she's no, I like going it. I like to report, it. but yeah. In reality, she doesn't need to. So when she gets back, she's uh, nasty, and then Piper sees her. They have a thing. And then the next morning, she gets a text message from her friend, and they go through that thing. Like, yeah. oh, my God, this happened. Da, 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 da. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, just as an aside, I would love at some point, while she's still figuring out these powers, um, when she teleports to her parents' house to, like, just show up and, like, have her mom or, you know, somebody there, and she's just like – Oh, hi, mom. And her mom's like, Oh, are you okay? And she's like, Yeah, I just, I just wanted to stop by. And, you know, <laughs> have to do a full excuse parent wise and yeah. uh, just end up having a conversation. Because I'd love for like a, a funny sequence of events that leads to that to a very late night talk with like coffee and food and essentially somehow the conversation going to the raven again and her just casually mentioning like, Man, you know, I keep seeing this raven and the mom going, being, the mom being like, You know, it's pretty interesting because my whole life, 
I've had, um, you know, a similar experience with this particular bird. Yeah. And I would love to have just this little innocent conversation in regards to that um, at some point in the story. Most definitely. That's and, and and those little things they they're I feel like they're little Easter eggs. They're little things that connect yeah. everything. And later on, they won't be referenced or all or anything. And people are like, why would you even have that? But then yeah. when they read something else or they see the Malachi story or they right. they go for the the demon box or they're gonna go, oh my whoa and, and things everything will expound on that. Yeah, exactly. No, I like it. I like it a lot. So I love I love all these little details in there because I mean you know how much that I'm I'm just detail oriented all day. So I, I would love for those little conversations to happen here and there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. Why, that's why all this stuff's set up in that direction and to, to head in that way and to, and to arc off. And then later on, like I, uh, like we were discussing earlier, uh, Addison's little girl is the one that's going to be saved in certain events. Right. And, and then we can go maybe – and I, I absolutely like the idea of her getting – taken back to the fairy realm and tying those two right. things together. Did you discuss this already or no? Did you, have you talked about this on the podcast so far, this little no. idea? That no, that's why I cut oh. you off so fast last time while we were, we were kind of hinting okay. at it because yeah. I want to save it for this thing. Okay, so could, do you mind if I like go through it real quick? And, yes. Because and, I, love, I love this idea so much. So the idea, and I, I don't know if you've talked about the stories of Malachi and Tatiana and Oberon so far. Um, um, go ahead and... and so here's uh, I, I want to um, briefly put a stint in here. The um, I, I really thought about this, the idea that we're giving away the storyline and all this other stuff. Right. Um, here's what I, there's there's two there's two trains of thought. There's two types of people on this. There's people who like to read the book and then watch right. the movie. Right. Okay. And in this instance, I think this will all this will do is advertise for those books. People go, man, you got to read it, but read the book first before you listen to the podcast. Right. Right. Which I like, but I mean, I think. <laughs> I think because uh, I, I was thinking about that as well, and, and for for the sake of that, I'm just going to say that this is definitely a spoiler. I'll put for a disclaimer on the beginning. And in fact, that's what I have to do. Disclaimer: I If you want to read these, yeah. So from this point on, is a spoiler for this other series that we're going to have. Um, so if you are in that series and you don't want to know, please don't listen to this portion of it. Um, all right. So the thing that I really like. So we're talking about. Tatiana as the raven and she's watching over this lion of humans um just and I, I like the idea of like the daughters having like um being passed down and um I don't know maybe Tatiana has an influence on this line and they always only have one daughter and that's why they're really hard to find because the the last name constantly changes because there is no um last name that follows them yeah and it's just little girl after little girl and it always changes so after Addison, she has this daughter, and uh, the daughter is attacked by um, a troll and is saved by Tatiana, who is this raven who's been following this line of, of women. Yes. And the crow saves her, uh, the raven, excuse me, saves, uh, saves her from the troll, et cetera, et cetera. But what I really liked, so Tatiana is the queen of the fairies who's been banished. There's a whole story there. As she saves her from the troll and kills the troll, she is uh, She realizes freed. it's her brother. And she's right. freed from the curse. And freed from her curse. And uh, she's free to return to her homeland to reclaim her kingdom. Yes. I'm just like, uh, should I reveal any of this? No, um, yes. So, so, yeah. So uh, as she's freed, oh, gosh, I'm just trying to, like, organize it in my head here. Sorry. She's freed. She returns. She reclaims her kingdom. That's a whole other story. And then after everything is settled down in that kingdom, this little girl who she saved, who was the last uh, girl of this line, she looks back and says, hmm, you know, I really love this line. I think I'm going to uh, bestow a gift upon her and take her to the fairy realm. And she takes 
the daughter of Addison uh, to come live with her. Now I'm I'm so or be taught by her this development. Yes, because I think um, the daughter of Addison should not because obviously Addison has her own abilities that have developed through Tatiana's influence, right? I got something else for that in a second when you're when you're done. I got something really big for that too. You'll like it. Oh, so I was thinking that the daughter would definitely have increased abilities or, you know, something along those lines where as the line continues, it gets more powerful. And as Tatiana takes her into the Fey realm, she she becomes almost a hybrid of the a weird, you know, kind of glitch in the system. She is a, this strange bridge between the two worlds, which I think could really come to a, a fantastic story of its own of this is just an idea for the future, but an idea of the humans in the Fey world finally interacting and this girl acting as a literal bridge between the two. And I think that would be fantastic. That in fact, it, it, okay. So my idea or what I'm, what I'm doing in the storyline, one of the things I'm doing in the storyline, um, I, I love how you expounded on it because it's going to, it's going to tie into what I'm thinking. So perfect. Matthew, the boyfriend, he's an angel or a demon. I haven't decided which Ooh. when they get married and have their child. She oh, so is he gonna is be... going to stay around. He's not going to be. No, well, he's he's going to be in and out of the storyline, but oh. they're not going to be married and doing stuff here. This is her storyline right. later on. Right. He, so her her father is going to be, and I'm thinking, of, I really would like to go the way of the demon. Like he's a demon that, that left the kind of the the uh, the thing and decided to, to kind of watch over the human race because he liked the human race as a whole. So their daughter is going to be part demon. And then part oh. Fey or or Fey influenced and get taken over there. Right. So she's going to be more of a, a bridge than you think. She's going to be a bridge between the oh. three races. Interesting. Interesting. So I mean, so I really like this idea. I feel like there should be an aside that somehow brings the angels into it as well. Oh yeah. Um, because to have them left out means that it's like angels versus everybody else. Well, and I with, feel like there should be some sort of. And that's where the third story comes in. The demon boxer. He. Um, instead of okay, so when an angel or demon takes over one of these bio-engineered mechs or humans, right? Okay, they completely um, up in the DNA. It, it uh, activates it. They become super strong and right. super magical. Okay, so in this right. instance, Sebat or uh, the demon uh, Sebastian. That's his name right now. Gets. I'm. I'm I think I'm gonna change it. It's a bit of a mouthful. Is gonna get <laughs> activated. So, but he's in a okay. car wreck. So where the spinal column is, one of his vertebrae gets damaged, and yeah. he can't download information for, for the demon that's inside of him to, to yeah. activate all the way. So he, she basically gets locked in his mind. Okay. Well, so that's tough then, because then I then I want uh, Addison's daughter to be, uh, or Matthew to be an angel instead, so that we have a full spectrum involved. Yeah. Because I mean, you're leaving out the angels are heavy if you've got both a demon boxer as well as this other demon. Well, the and issue... the angels are just on the sidelines. So... Oh no, no, they're not on the sidelines. I, uh, what happens is, is uh, his because this is a this is a horror story for the demon boxer. Uh, his right. his wife gets killed, and she's an angel right. that was actually actually watching over him. She gets put into his thing, so he's he's a half and half in oh, that direction. Oh gosh! So he'll have. So he's got he's got two female. He's got a female angel. So he's literally got an angel and a demon on his shoulder. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and it's a love triangle at the same time because the demon falls in love with him. The angel's already in love with him, but they're both stuck inside of his head. I mean, oh it's god! Be... Please tell me there's a line in there at some point that says, "Hey, get out of my husband." <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yes. It's oh gonna my be, god! It's gonna be epic, and he'll be able to activate and do because he can't download the information, or it's it's damaged in that way. Those people, those 
those things are locked in his head. The uh, but he has full access to his strength and his. So basically, um, in order to mess with something, think of this: he has hands that are super strong and he can crush something, but he can't yeah. tell how strong or or weak he's gripping the thing because he has no sense of it. Oh, because of the way he's gotten his ability, he's just super strong all the time in okay. all of his stuff because he can't he he has no sense of it. He just know right. he just can't he's, activate. He's, he's a he's a human and has the abilities but doesn't have the control of the being that's meant to be yes. able to control it. Okay, interesting. I like that. So he learns his control and his way of thing through boxing. That's how he okay. learns how to be softer or stronger and and yeah, it, yeah. and that develops his his stuff but and and it's kind of like a blind person using a different feeling to control, right. you know, his senses. Interesting. Uh, just tell me that there's a there's like a solid montage of him punching punching bags and then just exploding. Speed bags, and, yeah. Yeah, and just tell me that there's like a, you know, there's I want some like rocky music or something from the 80s going on in the background. Oh, there's a there's a serial killer named Miguel who's going to be his first opponent and he's a demon. Oh, interesting. Okay, I like it. I like it. Man, we're okay, so we're going off topic a little bit. Way I, I love off the demon topic. Box. I love the Fey world, and I, uh, but let's get back to landscape here. Here we go. So, I'm, I'm, uh, I of course. So at this point, I guess we're we're not talking anymore about the spoilers. We can kind of go back to just landscape for now. Yes. Um, but we'll discuss this more later, hopefully. Anyway, so with landscape, Addie. Yeah. She's a part of this huge world. She has to discover. Or what? not discover. I mean, she may not discover much of it. She may just go into a a little bit of portion of what she goes through, or and then and then she never really is developed. I mean, but she probably is just because Tatiana. Well, I mean, like it's it's a storyline. We have to have some sort of trial for yeah. her to go through. Oh yeah, it's... she's and it's going to be a a big one too. And I mean, even if she doesn't discover all these different aspects, there I feel like that trial, whatever she goes through, should lend to this universe. Of storylines, um, ultimately, even if she doesn't realize it or it doesn't seem like it's, you know, um, connected. So I feel like every protagonist should have both an internal and external struggle yeah. that they have to go through through the storyline. So for you, what do you? I mean, what direction do you feel that external struggle should be? Should it be just the discovery of her powers and kind of the the place in the world and this organization that's coming after her? Should it be the rescue of someone? I mean, what do you? What this do you is going to be my feel-good story. In, in, in other words, so there's a happy ending. Th- there's going to be a happy ending in this one, only because my other two are so just erratic and off the shore. I want to yeah. do. I want to be able. To, I want to get a full spectrum of of what I can do and write with here. So in this instance, she's going to get her ability, and she's going to realize she can teleport, and she's going to enjoy it first. Right. Okay. I mean, I would really like to see this Matthew character, if he is a demon or, or whatever. Or an angel, yeah. For him to rebel against whatever organization he works with, um, to either become captured or in a crisis because he's not doing what he was supposed to and her having to rescue or redeem him or turn him in some way. Or maybe um, uh, he was sent there to watch her, just like right. this this uh, shadow group from the school is watching her, okay? Right. but instead falls in love with her. Right, 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 which I do like a lot. I just feel like there should be something more to it because, I mean, the, the things that he does, they have consequences, and he – there should be some sort of uh, some sort of thing going on that, that puts him in danger or puts her in danger or vice versa. I feel like part of the struggle should definitely be there because he's going to be part of the external as well um, as the internal struggle. She'll find out what he is and realize what he's been doing. 
And that'll be her internal struggle of like, well, I love him, but he's been lying to me this whole time. He's this other thing. And then perhaps, you know, through either rescuing him or, like I said before, redeeming him. If he is this demon kind of creature, redeeming him from this life he's led to be something better and kind of helping him through this. Because, I mean, he's he's struggling, right? He loves her yeah. and he loves humanity, but he is part of this thing that is kind of designed to be a certain way. Yes. So for him to change is like a monumental thing that perhaps shouldn't be able to happen. I think, and I think you're onto something here. And what I'd really like to do, especially with the beginning of the storyline, is I want to blur the lines a lot. I want to make things so confusing that she doesn't understand that there's actually two groups after her. Right, right. No, but I mean, I think I'm talking in the background because what makes yes. an angel different from a demon? Three races were developed: the Fae, the angels, and demons. Um, and basically, I think it's going to be how they uh, how they look and how they are how they control the magic either right. through certain emotions or pure logic or just magic. I, again, there's, right. a, there's a lot of work to be had and, and, and kind of figured out there. Right. But each of these races is kind of in conflict with the other because their motives are different, correct? Well, the Fae are on their own planet. Okay. And they've, they've been kind of out of contact between the human world and the angels and the demons and they, and the angels and demons have been warring, warring with each other for eons. Okay. Right. Well, maybe that's where like human um, human um, legends and, and religion and history yes. comes from. Is this war that's been going on in the background that they glimpse yes. but never fully understand it? And then so the idea is that these angels are these creatures who are on the you know very black and white good spectrum, whereas the demons are on the bad spectrum. What I'd love is that since all of this is connected through this device in their spine, and they're these specific kinds of creatures that they're programming is what makes them what they are. They're created a specific way. They do things a specific way because that's what their programming is. They cannot out operate outside that programming. And so somehow through this sequence of events, Addison, through her influence from the Fae and through all the things her life and her ancestors have gone through, she somehow has this ability to change the programming, which is what has changed Matthew from being this demon to something other than that. He is allowed to think and act in ways outside of the programming of his demon setup. Does that make sense? Yeah. In fact, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the issue is, is this, the, the, the ancients, okay. They stagnated out of boredom. So when they created these three races and started this whole thing in the begin with, it wasn't to, to continue on their line or anything else. It was to, it was to create a race that would form out of something that they, that wouldn't stagnate. Okay, so they they're creating these these hardships and these things, it's, and they're right. making it so they're pitting against each other and then coming together and going apart and cycling and and not remembering certain things or they are remembering and to see and so that way out of all the strife and the struggle something else will come out better, and maybe that's what the humans are. Maybe something – they right. were originally used as weapons, and now they're going right. to come out as this this thing, and maybe they can affect the angels, the demons, and the fae. So like the, they're the unintentional end product. They weren't meant to be there or really thought about, but somehow they became the solution to this ancient problem that no one even remembers anymore. Yes. Something, I like that. Something born out of strife that always that, – that will never get stagnant because – because they live and die. They don't live forever because certain certain priorities are set in there, certain ways, and, and it grew organically out of this mess that they created on purpose. Right. They knew it you know had to really, come out of it that way. What's uh, what's really interesting, we talk about these these ancient creatures who created these 
um, new races and essentially were absorbed into them to become this through this whole series. I, I really like the idea. So whenever we talk about humans, um, you know, there's always a division between mind and, um, body and, and body and soul. soul, essentially, which I really like as the, the division into these three races. But I, I kind of like the idea of the id. I, I don't know if you I can't. Uh, what is it? The the older like 50s movie with the, the robot and the. Do you remember what movie I'm talking about? Leslie Nielsen's in it, and they've got the cool robot with the with the spinny stuff in his head. Man, I'm really good at Lost describing things. No, <laughs> no. Remember oh. they they go to the planet and the guy has Forbidden planet. Id. Forbidden planet. Yes. So Forbidden Planet, the character has their everyone else has died because they essentially created this creature out of their id, their subconscious desires and thoughts. Yes. They're typically, you know, a, a lower layer. We don't acknowledge them where we, we kind of push them aside and they don't have any effect on us in the real world. Well, that id was released. Exactly. And it started to act on the subconscious things that we and our consciousness and our morals keep restrained or we prevent from coming out. I would love if the id of these creatures, when they initially created this, even though they are all powerful and they've got to this higher stage, that id is still there. And that's what the demons came out of. And maybe originally they only meant to create two races, but instead the third came from the id, which was their unconscious desire to do the things they wanted without care uh, of whatever. The uh, Okay, so the ancestors knew they couldn't have too much of a hand in this. They wanted to create these races. And I, what I'm, what right. I was getting at was that a lot of stuff is organically decided. Uh, maybe right. they didn't have an intention of creating three races, but ah, okay. that's what came out of it. Well, I, like I said, I, I think I just would love to have the id somehow have an influence that they did not anticipate, yeah. and that is what contributed to the overall whatever of these. And it, of course, it can be developed further. Yeah. But I mean, I love that the the fairies or the fae or the 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 she are completely neutral in all affairs. They literally do not care. They will do all kinds of stuff, but in the end, nothing matters to them. And I feel like that's the level of consciousness to where it's like purely logical in the in the human mind, and just uncaring. You know, it doesn't care about right or wrong or emotions. Whereas the angels perhaps are more emotional. They care about their rights. And they want things to be beautiful and perfect, and they just love everything, whereas the demons are more of the id, the subconscious desire to do whatever the hell they want. Yes. And just leave them alone. And I would love that. And then the humans are somehow the like, – I mean, they're a the combination of, of all three. three. <laughs> which is literally the, the end solution on what these creatures were wanting to do, but they just didn't understand it. They didn't know because they couldn't address consciously the three aspects of themselves. But separated and create and, and turned into each different civilization, they somehow, through freaking strife and war, created the perfect solution to this age-old question. What do we do now? <laughs> what <Yeah>. is life for? <laughs> <laughs> so I really like that that deeper, um, big picture concept there. However, it plays out, but yeah, it'll play out like it plays out. It'll be fun though. I know. Well, I love I love that we have all these different guests, and I would love to get more people on here to contribute to this story. So it literally is crowd developed in a way. I, I mean, I just I love this idea that all of us share these thoughts and stories, and they somehow all mesh in this really wonderful woven kind of way. This reminds me a lot. This podcast of uh, I mean, you know, before we had social media and TV and all this stuff, people would sit around and tell stories and develop them and and contribute in their own way. And you don't have that anymore. You don't have that social connection. So this this is like a, a new age version of that that old 
I think I think it's it's a beautiful thing. I think it's really necessary today for people to have that shared connection of building and creating something like a story like this. You know, you, you get the morals, you get the strife, you get everything that everyone has experienced. And it comes together in the story that everyone relates to, even though it's complete fantasy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, you couldn't have you couldn't have more succinctly uh, put together this whole thing that I've been thinking about and, and obsessing over. And, and I, I abs yes. Yes, Sarah. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you're, you're addressing certain things that I didn't even think about. The points of view that I'm getting from each of my guests are making things very interesting. One was shot up, and I haven't had a pad podcast with him yet or anything, was that uh, the Elder Gods. Have you ever heard of Elder Gods? Uh, yeah, uh, through – are you talking about like uh, – is it Cthulhu? Or yeah, Cthulhu? Cthulhu and all the, uh, the gods. Oh, yeah, madness. like what is it? Um, what's Who's the author that did that? Is it um, – oh, darn it all. He started kind of a cult religion as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, he went insane too, did a lot of underwater stuff and his name. Yeah, a lot of it involves like what's under the ocean, which would be lovely to bring into this. Oh, yeah. Well, um, the, the Cthulhu, the Elder Gods in this instance, are going to be some of the ancients that actually survived – and since they've been alive for eons afterwards, they've either gone insane or they've taken on certain aspects. Ooh, I love it. I mean, since they're all powerful beings, they can change their appearance however they want. And based on their mental insanity, they could have changed to fit things they saw or things they, you know. Or things they attach to to keep whatever form of sanity they have. So in, in the case of Cthulhu, the thing is, is he's bigger than you can imagine. So like. When he shows up somewhere, everything within a certain radius, and I'm not talking like uh, feet, miles, or anything else, but like solar systems yeah. go insane. So he actually yeah. has smaller beings that go out and represent him on certain things, and, and right. they're ants to him. Like I crushed an ant. Why do I care? Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, I love it, and I love the I love the idea of introducing perspective, like the idea that you know something is so large you literally cannot comprehend it, yes. and therefore your brain tries to make up excuses to, to be able to understand it without going insane. Or cope with it. I mean, coping yes, with the exactly. sanity of how small you are. I'm an, I'm right. an ant. Right. Dang it. Shoot. Shoot, shoot, a, shoot a darn biscuit. Oh, God. Maybe you should edit that out. Um, <laughs> oh, no. no it's, but I mean, it's I like it there. There's always such a conversation, especially in scientific communities, about that us not having the capability or the, the organs or whatever to perceive certain colors, sounds, sights, whatever. Yes. And perhaps that can be one of them is this, this um, sheer sense of size on such a scale that we literally cannot understand it without um, some other sort of perceptory. Yeah. Cause the tissue. only thing we'd be able to what sense else? it on is the gravitational scale, which is, which is almost right. to be impossible to sense anyways. Right. Oh, you know what would be lovely? You know, when you watch horror movies and there's this sense of dread and that just that vibration in the air that you can't really hear or see or whatever, but you feel it almost like that sixth sense of feeling that something is wrong and something's just around the corner. That would be the perfect thing. Like, you know that it's near or a representative is near on a, this small scale because the hair rises on the back of your neck and you have this feeling of crushing dread and you feel heavy for some reason, but everything's fine. You look around and you can't see anything. And it's just this terrible crushing weight Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh. Well, in, in our sense, and by the way, this will be a great tie-in. Uh, we can have her storyline go and do her thing, but the end game for the storyline is dealing with one of these elder gods. Oh. So what? Um, I'm going to give you a, an instance from a book I read. Uh, you know who uh, George R.R. R. Martin is, right? Of course. Okay. I mean, you mean, yeah. He wrote, he wrote a series of books called uh, Aces, Aces Wild or something like that. 
Anyway, you should really look into it. He did basically a role-playing game to develop these books. Ah. Um, I'm not going to go into much here, but uh, basically everybody gets random abilities, and some are really bad. A girl gets an ability to heal people, and she, basically this elder god comes down. It's just pure madness. And she, with some other fellow guys, go up into space, and they're going to destroy this thing at its core, because she can kind of keep them sane type of deal, but she ends up... Ah being able to talk to this being and heal it of its madness, but she has to oh. stay with it for all eternity. Oh my goodness. So oh, she that's sacrifices amazing. herself and goes off with this thing. And I, I'm assuming it turns into a much better, more benevolent, you know, creature God. Well, it, after doesn't, that. it doesn't destroy the planet. <laughs> which is, which is good. That's, that's a, a first step. So that's at that good. point, what is benevolent? I mean, like I said, right. if, if you think, if you see everything as an ant, I mean, so what you killed an ant colony, there's thousands right. more out there. Right. right. And we don't and we know. Are going to such a grand scale here. It's, it's exactly. Intense. Well, and to understand and to understand the mindset for things, you have to go right. out there. You have to pull right. back and see, Oh, okay. He's not really bad. He's just, Right. But anyways, you back just, to landscape. Yeah. We we gotta right. we gotta get back on the landscape. Sorry, a sorry. Bit. No, you no, know, it's... there was something I wanted to um I wanted to add into that, and it, it's uh, again, it is kind of a grand scale thing. I wanted to see what you thought about this idea. There are a lot of different drugs that affect the human body, right? Yeah. What if there was a drug that affected the systems of all these other races? And I really liked the idea of the name being distortion. Because what it does is it literally, you know, when heat waves come off the concrete and the air distorts and things start to kind of like shimmer out of existence almost. Yeah. So the idea of this this drug called distortion is it it affects the mechanism that provides the information. And for example, like the Fae, they would start to distort. Their body would start to change and flicker in and out and become patchy. But I, I haven't really developed it besides the fact that it doesn't really affect humans. It's a human-developed drug, and it doesn't do a ton of stuff. But if an angel or a demon or a fae or whatever is possessing one of these bodies and the human um, is exposed to distortion, it affects the creature inside and therefore damages the human uh, in some way. Anyway, it was just a, a, a starting idea that I thought would be fun for either either torture or just a way for humans to start fighting against the demons and angels by having this. There's a, there's a drug and I'm going to give you a cool story about this. Um, and it's produced in the human mind. It's called AMA or DMA or something like that. Anyways, it, it dramatically affects your perception of time. Like it'll slow it down. I think masculine is, is part of this, but I don't know. Um, in this case, in this instance, uh, a boy was walking out of high school, um, and a football, uh, bully basically comes up behind him and shoves him. This is real life. This actually happened. He falls down, cracks his head on the cement, wakes up, okay? And he goes through his life. He has an awesome life. He gets a wife, a child, and goes through all this stuff in his life. And he's in his 50s, and he sits down to read his newspaper, and he looks over, and he sees the lamp. And all of a sudden, the lamp turns into a square, and he's just staring at this lamp like, what the hell? The lamp goes out of place, goes weird, and then all of a sudden, he wakes up, and he's back in his body on the day he got shoved down, and because this drug, this uh, this hormone or whatever it is, got uh, flooded his brain, and and messed up his perception of time, he basically created a full life for himself. Oh, that's insane! And woke that's up to crazy. it. This guy, wow. he had he had to go to special therapy and stuff, and there I guess there's like other people that have done this before, because he'd wake up in the morning expecting to see his wife and his kids, oh, and God. and he lived this whole life. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's. Oh. I mean, it's crazy. 
That's terrifying. Yeah, and he said, uh, like, because you could see some of his his uh, remarks. People thought I was crazy or insane or I was making it up. And, and he was just, he'd wake up crying and, and just, you know, yeah. trying to, like, my wife's gone. My kids are gone. I never wow. did any of this stuff. Yeah. That's insane. That's or maybe amazing. he just experienced a different universe. And when he died I... in that universe, he came back to this one. There's a there's some really neat things with uh, with and and anyways distortion because I because that reminded me of what he experienced yeah. that drug since it doesn't really affect humans unless your brain is absolutely flooded with it it I think it yeah. like slows down time or something for you I think that yeah. would be um an awesome uh, addition to the storyline of how it affects angels demons and fae and what it does. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, you have this college student, and I mean, where else do you find, you know, a a ton of different drugs and alcohol and stuff? But I mean, maybe she doesn't take it intentionally, but somebody slips it to her, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't really do anything, but try it, or like, here, try it, you know, whatever. And what happens is, is because she has either the abilities she has, since she's activated to a certain extent, it affects her, where it doesn't affect normal humans who aren't activated. Ah, See what I mean? And so, therefore, it either enhances her abilities to this crazy level, or... It distorts them, and all of a sudden they they do things like the abilities she gets take transported her over to the Fey room, the realm. Ooh, that would be fun! Like just flashes, not completely over there, not physically, but she is like you know, kind of ghostly there, and she can see things that she's like, "What the hell is this?" And that would be you know, anyway. So I just thought that that was a fun. I just like the name distortion as a as a something. So anyway, put a timestamp on it. That's going in. I like it. I mean, yeah. we could do so much stuff w- just with the concept and the ideas. That was that that was perfect. Yay! So much. There's so many ideas. I'm. Uh, this is just so much fun. I love it. Okay, so just to recap, so my mind is kind of on the right path here. So she she starts so out. She's palette. going to college. She's got the set of friends. She discovers this ability, and she has a series of failures as she goes through this ability, including getting transported to a mountain, figuring out how to get back running into a boyfriend, trying to teleport in front of her friends, having a, a comical yet another set of failures as she learns to discover more, tries to discover more. And then we start getting introduced um, to the, I, I mean, at this point, are we introduced to this shadow group or have we gotten any hints of them yet? Okay, the tutor, he is um, he is part of this group and he's putting these stresses on her specifically to uh, manifest these abilities. So the reason she okay. even came through this, and and he knew that this stress was uh, this thesis stress or whatever she was doing in a project, he knew that putting these stresses on her would cause this uh, would cause her to man, uh, manifest the ability. So he's okay. part of that. So yes, they're aware. And since yeah. Piper is also a uh, a teller, they're they're aware right. of what she but is. Does the audience uh, is the audience aware that these two people are part of this organization yet? Because I know Piper is a, is a surprise for later. Yes. But perhaps the tutor has. So for the tutor, I would really like to see her in a class with the teacher, and the teacher's like, hey, I think you got the chops, but I need you to get a better direction. I'm going to see if I can put in a word with this specific tutor. He barely takes anybody on because he's so good and so hard. That'll have to be a flashback, though. Yeah, because she's not going to take a bunch of of crap from someone who's constantly stressing her out for no reason, right? Yes. So we need to set up this tutor to be the, the, the best Maybe not even a tutor. Maybe he's an an artist who is outside the school, who is really well known and kind of famous, and he never takes apprentices ever. He is so good that he will never take them because he's so amazing. But he's also known to be hard, like really, really tough. 
or doesn't take him very often. The issue is, is he's going to be part of this group, and he's going to have several people he's trying to stress into the manifest. And his yeah. end goal is to be a handler for these special people. Okay, well then he a tutor is designed purely to help. A tutor a tutor would not be hard because it's right. not going to be that hard. You just go find another tutor. But I like the, the idea of a specialist. That's I, mean, I, I do think like that's... that. Yeah, maybe he's maybe he's another uh, advanced professor who is uh, really high in this upper echelon, and only the best students can go to him. Or people with only potential, such as exactly. Addison. Exactly, and she's recommended by one of her other teachers, and they. she's like, man, I can't believe I got into this. This is an incredible opportunity. I have to do whatever I can, but my God, I'm going insane. Yes. Like, that kind of thing would be great. Yes, because she uh, wants to stick with it. It's like uh, AP English or whatever. Right. She, this is like the devil Devil wears Prada of art. Yes. So. Because there's not going to be any love interest here. There's not going to be any of that kind of stuff. It is just pure professional pressure. Right. This at this point, I mean, I know there's a little bit of a love thing later on with the conflict with her boyfriend being other than yes. what he seems. But I mean, that's I, I do like that. We're not so focused on the love triangle to start. Oh, so the, the, the love triangle is not. I want like I said, I want to keep this one just that that feel good. The love triangle like oh, I trust you. I don't trust you. But as far as that, I mean, there's not going to be too much with that. And they're going to end up together, and, and, and that's fine. But I mean, there's always conflict in any relationship, so that's okay. But as long as it's dealt with in a healthy way, um, I would I do like the idea. And I don't know if some people will find it boring or not, because I know a lot of people have a big interest in romantic stuff. Yeah. But I honestly, I like showing a relationship that is healthy um, and something that people can actually look at and, and see as a realistic option versus all the angst and drama Yes, um, and yes. How old is our character again? Uh, mid to late 20s. Okay, which is good because I, I you know, you kind of get past the angsty, dramatic stage, yes. hopefully, I, you know, knock on wood at this point. Um, yeah, okay, so so Love Triangle side, I like the idea of this advanced professor who's putting on this pressure so on gonna her. So we're going to do a so, flashback to introduce him, though. So after the point where yes. then we're going to say something to the effect that, oh, yeah, I've got to go back and do this for my tutor. And, oh, man, you actually got in with him? Yeah, or, or no, no. It's got to be a flashback. No, 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 no. Well, do it, do it, uh, it'll be a small montage, essentially, where a previous professor says, hey, I need to talk to you. You're doing extremely well. I'm going to enter you to get this scholarship or acceptance yeah. into this very specific professor and she's going to be like what this guy is I, i've heard about him no one ever sees him because he's always in his own little cottage um this next to campus but secret and only i've heard that only like seven people have ever been accepted by him yes. before in the past there's no way i'm gonna get that professor. yeah and she's gonna say i'm not good enough what are you i can't there's no way i would get in there and then the next day the very next day she gets a note handwritten that says come to this place at this time do not be late yes and she's like oh my god and she shows up and he looks at her like she's just a pile of crap and says get in here and she's like oh and he's just you know and he does make her better she does amazing work and but it's never that. good enough yes because and that's and yeah. again that stressor that thing that manifests yeah. that ability the, yes oh man yeah. that's awesome the, the flashback have the flashback right before the night when she discovers her power where he says you have done 21 out of your 55 works that are due by tomorrow. Finish them tonight or don't come back. And she just kind of like is, oh, my God. And then she and that's where she gets to the frustrating point. Yeah. And she rips it in half. Because that'll be a and great be, lead in, too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be beautiful. Um, yeah. So, OK. And as far as the story development, perhaps we go into the kind of explanatory stage. She's started discovering her power. She's sitting there and maybe she's having a reflection moment about how her power even started. And she thinks back to how she got accepted into that class. 
And, you know, maybe not at that point, but at some point that reflection leads to the flashback, which is an explanatory thing. Yeah. And then the next thing after the flashback is her going back to his class and kind of sitting there and um, perhaps she starts to notice strange things within his class or she starts noticing, she starts wondering um, a little bit about her power and about if other people have anything like her or if she's alone. Yeah. And she wonders who she can talk to about it. Cause obviously the drunken stint to show her friends turned out horribly. She can't tell her parents. She can't really talk to her boyfriend cause she's she a little, still a little bit like, yeah, she doesn't know who to talk to. So maybe she thinks, I know this guy is a total hard ass and, and the worst, but perhaps I can talk to him. Oh, because he knows about special talent just because of the art world. And yeah, this might be along those lines. Well, like maybe she's in the class and she never paid attention to her, her classmates before because there's only a couple of them. But she's always so fro freaked out about getting the work done. And the teacher, she never actually looked at them. And now she's looking at them and she's just – there's something strange. There's something off. Yeah. And she doesn't know what it is. <sighs> yes. So maybe she spends some time in each of these classes and she, she – she, spends more and more time looking at these students and looking at the teacher and small things just start to, you know, jump out at her. Like perhaps the teacher goes to reach for something and it slides across the desk towards him. Or, you know, one of the students tries to do something is painting something. And all of a sudden the paint is just gluing itself onto the, the canvas without them even touching it. <laughs> things she never noticed before that are small enough that, that they wouldn't normally get detection. So she notices she's a student sensing it something. now that the, the, the power has been kind of activated. She's yeah, sensing maybe these there's people. An aura. Oh, yeah, and it's allowing an aura. her to see this stuff happen instead of her, because in the Fae in, in Faye lore, a lot of times stuff, people, normal humans can't see things because right. their attention gets directed from it. Not because they right. don't want to, but because the magic is no. pushing away. It's a glamour. They have a glamour. Yes. On. They look yes. different, but humans can't see it. And now she suddenly can. And she realizes that, this class is different and something is different. Yes. And so either she needs to start freaking out on her own and trying to figure out what's going on independently, or she needs to try to get information out of either one of the students or the teacher himself. Which is going to trigger see another reaction. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that would be a great sequence of events. I mean, cause at this point, so you have the, you have the, the initial discovery, the uh, series of events and failures as this discovery continues. And then eventually we, we need to get to her first real challenge because or, so far it's just been her developing her abilities, trying to figure out these social things and then realizing um, what's going on around her. What's her next? Maybe um, she has an interaction with one of the students and it causes some kind of uh, strife in that direction. Like, like maybe she, instead of going to the teacher right off the bat, maybe she goes to someone she can approach in the class a little easier and they're not too, uh, you know, weird stuff going on around them. Maybe he's like, okay, now I know this sounds weird, but have you noticed this stuff happening around here? And he goes, yeah, I just want to, I wasn't saying anything because, you know, and, and your paintings yeah. do this whenever I see them. I can actually look through your painting and see where you're painting. Oh, I like that. You know what? I, you know what would be great is if she's in that classroom, like I said, she's looking around and noticing everything, and she looks up and she meets eyes with one of the other students, and he looks at her and she looks at him, and they're like, That moment? What? And then they talk afterwards, and I would really love if he either got dragged away or killed, leading her to be like, yeah. what the hell is going on? And that's how we get an introduction to this shadow organization of people um, who are taking these people once they've been discovered. And that leads her to try to be more secretive and, so, and not show that her powers are there. Or he's working, he's working in a different way. His power gets way out of control, and the unit, oh. the, dete the detainment, uh, destruction, or de detection unit comes in and has yeah. to kill him because he's working with clay, and all of a sudden it surrounds him, and it gets out of control, and he turns into this giant monster. Ooh, 
I like it. I like it. I mean, I would like her to to have a friend that yeah. is also in the beginning discovery <coughs> to where he's not evil, but he you just he's kind of an innocent piece that gets taken away. There's some sort of consequence for what he does. Right. He shows a power, there's a consequence, and it, he gets taken away, and she realizes she cannot trust anyone because something deeper is going on. Right. Okay, so what we can do is in that incident, because I, I, I jumped way ahead, so maybe we'll have them, we'll have it lead up to where something like that happens. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be clay. That was just an idea like the, no, like, yeah, the yeah. like with Piper and the, and the glass blowing. She right. was able to control it, therefore she was brought into this fold and and and, uh, and joined right. up with this group. Whereas Rain or whatever, yeah. This guy, it's completely I wild. To get to, I cannot wait to get to her and her powers and stuff because that just sounds so cool. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I really like Piper with the glass. Please keep that. Please. Oh please yeah, please. I I think that's gonna be. I wanted to make her like, like I said, I wanted to make the audience absolutely fall in love with her and just go, Oh my gosh, I love it when Piper comes out of her shell and, yeah. and kind of defends yeah. or does whatever. And then all of a sudden, bam, I'm a yeah. horrible bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's like, what? Right. I mean, for this character, I've been, I've been visualizing it this whole time. Just this small brown hair glasses, like the very stereotypically shy and mousy, which is going to be so stereotypical. It's almost cliche and people are going to be like, okay, I get it. But then she's going to be like a total badass at glass blowing. And maybe she's got like these tattoos or maybe she's even got a bunch of glass kind of like, um, embedded, embedded in, in body or something. <sighs> she always wears the frumpy clothes to hide all of these like, yeah, because she can't control it that. that – I mean, like she might be able to control it really well on the outside, but maybe it's showing on her body when she uses the ability. Like right. things – you know, her skin starts messing up or turning to glass. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, like kind of cracking. It still looks like skin, but for some reason it has like shatter marks like glass does. Like if she starts to lose her temper, and that's why she's always so quiet and shy and nice to everybody. <sighs> control. So when she becomes angry, she starts to kind of not shatter but crack. And her, you know, and that's oh, I would love it. I would love it. So I mean, yeah, because she could develop her... armor this for this with this stuff that that kind of encases her, so you can't tell who she right. is during certain right. things. I mean, she could definitely be something horribly bad. Oh, have you ever seen the anime Naruto? Yeah. There's a certain character. He carries around a large bag of sand on his bag, and oh, he yeah. has to stay awake like forever because if he falls asleep, the sand takes over. Right, and he turns into this horrible monster. Yeah, I right. think she's no, going to be more in control. Eyes. He's got such dark circles around his eyes. I like it. I don't want to. I don't want to be too close to anything recognizable right. because I don't want people to be like, "Oh, well, you just ripped that off of whatever." Yeah, and that's what um, the, the glass blowing. I like the idea of 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 the glass of I actually. Like the molten glass a lot. Yeah. I really like her being able to superheat glass and manipulate it so it's floating through the air. Is this because molten glass is terrifying? Having it whip around in a literal whip of molten hot glass and burn and wrap around you and literally like go inside oh, you. <laughs> oh, okay, dude. So you have to watch some glass blowing videos so you get a really good idea of what they have to do. Because I'm telling you, it's insane. And then even just. <laughs> She could do it in both a whimsical way as well as a terrifying way. Like a floating way, glass bubble that's all superheated, but well, it looks yeah. beautiful. Oh, my gosh. And then it explodes on your face and melts your face off. Oh, yeah. So people are like, oh, yeah. wow, that's really. <laughs> yeah. So so watch some of these glass blowing videos because they do these delicate, beautiful little horses rearing up. And then I would love if Piper and uh, uh, Addison at some point have a conversation. She realizes that Piper has an ability, and Piper's still trying to pretend she's good. And she just kind of pulls a little beautiful horse that's running through the air out of molten glass. And she's like, it's beautiful. And she has it cool down so that Addison can touch it and hold it in her hands. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> but then in another scene, when you finally realize she's evil, 
you know, she she explodes the bubble on someone's face and melts it and goes, oh, yeah, that also happens. Like, you know, just a total... Uh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, like horror second that, oh right, my god. Right, she takes that whimsical ability she has of just beautiful things going through the air, like these beautiful flowers and horses and all kinds of glass stuff, but when they touch you, you, you die horribly. Like, I think that would be so much fun. And then, of course, there's like, the, like I said, the glass whip or just molten glass encasing your body and just <laughs> yeah oh, yeah well, that doesn't sound fun at all mm-hmm. i think she, that would be so awesome definitely watch the glass blowing videos because they're they're magnificent you'll yeah. get so many ideas from that i'll check them out oh man that's see and now we've got this this horrible monster encased in this mm-hmm. little tiny frumpy girl oh i love it it's gonna i be love awesome. it <laughs> yes 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 all right sarah Woo, lots of material i dig it thank you for listening this has been trevor sutton with stoic tales And a special thanks to our guest for today's podcast, Sarah Sutton. I'm an illustrator and artist for the Malachi series. You can find my work at Sarah and Dipitus on Instagram. That's S-A-R-A-H underscore A-N-D underscore D-I-P-T-I-O-U-S. I know it's long, but it's worth the look. Thanks, guys. I absolutely love her work. You guys should all check it out. Hey, and please follow and subscribe to my stuff down below. I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs>